Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Day weekend, all you nerds out there. You couldn't tell by the music. We're probably going to be talking a little bit of Star Wars today. Yeah, that's right. This is a another edition of Bandwagon Nerds Memorial Day weekend installment of this thing. I am your host for today, the one and only, the lawyer Dave Unger. Patrick O'Dowd still out on assignment. We hope Patrick's having a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I'm not, of course, alone here today. I'm joined by two of my very best partners in crime for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, let's welcome in them. Welcome them into the show. The one and only Aesop Mitchell done updating his computer and getting harassed by artificial intelligence. How are you doing, buddy? Oh, man, I am ready and warmed up. Another morning of pickleball action. And let me tell you. Them 70-year-olds don't fuck around. They're ready to roll at any point in time. And uh, there's nothing sweeter than kicking their ass, them geriatric bastards. It was a, it was great. It was great. I'm so ready for this. I'm happy to be back. I missed a week. I don't like that. I don't like missing. Yeah, that, that it was. Uh, we could have used you a little bit last week. But uh, Tunny and I held it together, sort of, kind of. Uh, speaking of the one and only PC Tunny live studio audience he's here yet again Tony, how are you doing sir on this lovely memorial day weekend yes happy memorial day weekend everybody thanks for tuning in here to bandwagon nerds cheer radio network glad to be here boys big show today really big show 
Lots of uh, lots of information. Lots of uh, Star Wars talk coming. Lots of uh, too many trailers. I had to leave a couple of them off. It's just like shit. We got too many trailers this week. I gotta I gotta pick and choose which ones. I know I left off a couple of Aesop's, but that wasn't intentional. It was. I know. Well, I'm, I'm offended. It was intentional. It was intentional, it but it's just like I, we can't just do eight trailers. That's not gonna work so well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a little bit of news. Not a whole lot of news that we're gonna talk about. That's not Star Wars related, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, Gore the God Butcher looking like the cover of Queen's News of the World album. We're going to be talking about that in a little bit at the risk of offending one Mr. O'Dowd with that comparison, but <laughs> kind of right. But uh, we're going to start off, first off, let's talk a little bit of a uh, big series drop. Actually, a couple of the series dropped this week. We're not going to do any Stranger Things talk because I haven't watched any of that yet. I think my wife and I are saving that, but... First two episodes, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the brand new Star Wars streaming show on Disney Plus dropped on uh, Thursday night, Friday. I think they let it out, let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. We've all watched the first two episodes. I'm going to turn it over to uh, just like general thoughts. I mean, we're not going to do a blow by blow review of this because it's still up in the air. You know what we're going to do once Patrick gets back next week, whether the focus shifts completely to the boys, which is highly likely. Um, we know he's not very fond of reviewing two shows. So let's not review Kenobi. Let's just give our thoughts about these first two episodes. And, and what do you think of this thing? Tony, I'm going to kick it over to you first. I know you and I were talking off air about it. Um, I got some thoughts. I got a little bit of a concern about something I want to talk about, but your thoughts on these first two episodes and, and where we ended up. Yeah. Well, in review, um, <laughs> in, in yeah, summation, um, it's great. It's excellent. It's another piece to the puzzle. I, we, we briefly had a quick conversation before we got going here about it. And I want to know the whole story. I want to know everything about everything, right? It's like if history is your major and a particular part of history is your major from this century, from this country, you want to know everything that happened in that period of time. And Star Wars is a story from a period of time that extends a long time. I want to know everything that was affecting everything, even though I may already know the outcome and what's going to happen in the future. But I want to know what led to everything else, because I think it allows me to enjoy it in a more full aspect. I don't know if you can, if that makes sense, right? Like I, I want, I want the full story. Yeah. I mean, they, before I kick it over to Aesop, just a general kind of thing here, you know, they, they said that the uh, sequel trilogy wrapped up the Skywalker saga, but they keep now filling in the gaps of that saga that they've just concluded. And, you know, you see it here. This is an end, another one of these stories that fills in, and it does. It, it's set in the right in this great sweet spot of a timeline between the prequel and the original trilogy, where you know that that ten twenty years that Obi Wan is in isolation on Tatooine watching Luke grow up. Um, so you know they're kind of this is this is right in that in that wheelhouse. So it's a it's a fascinating story. I think it's one that most Star Wars fans, I'd say, were curious about. And and if you said, hey, we're going to do a story about this time frame, I think most of us who are Star Wars fans would say, I'm in. Aesop, how about you? Are you in after two episodes, or what do you think? Absolutely, and I think uh, this is nothing against Mr. O'Dowd, but I think he, he is doing everyone a big disservice, especially after seeing these first two episodes. I wish we could cover it, and I, again, completely understand his take about covering two, uh, two series at the same time, but 
Man, this is this is like apex Star Wars action right here. You have some absolutely standout performances, not just from the main characters, you know, such as you know uh, um, Ewan McGregor, but I, that first episode, you can't tell me that young Princess Leia wasn't one of the best characters you've seen in a Star Wars film in a while. And then uh, in the second as well, Kumail Nanjiani did a great job as well, just being a character that you really want uh, to see more of. And that's not even, you know, talking about such as like the Inquisitors, who I am convinced at this point, I want an Inquisitor series, you know, something a little bit more episodic where they're just hunting down Jedi. That would be an absolutely fantastic series to watch. Um, I I'm really in on Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, the the one gripe that I have is Episode Two. Leia is falling, and uh, <laughs> Obi Wan reaches out, and uses his Force powers to you know float her down to the ground. Um, first of all. What happened to all the bounty hunters firing at him? They just disappeared. Second, like, she dropped to the ground, and as soon as she touched, he was around the corner. Like, there he was after she just fell off of a, what? I don't know, 12-story building. You know, whatever. Those are nitpicks. But I was laughing and griping at the same time from that. I can't wait to see more. So I, I may incur your wrath here a little bit on this on this point. But first off, I love the show. I'm with you guys. I, I wish we could cover it in more detail. I understand, you know, no one wants two and a half hours of, of a, of a, of a podcast. Um, it, it, it does. I think Aesop's right. We are, we are touching upon as far as star Wars storylines go. This is, this is the apex of star Wars storylines. The relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin slash Vader is the stuff of, they did a whole freaking trilogy about this. So now, you know, you're filling in this gap. Here's my thing. And I want to throw this out there to you. I, I didn't have an issue, and I'll say this, I did not really see this coming, that Leia would be the center of this story. I mean, I think going into it, we would have said, well, there's going to be some interaction between Obi-Wan and Luke, but introducing Leia and her story uh, was completely unexpected to me. Now, that being said, I do have a little bit of a concern about the portrayal of Leia, because... I agree with you, Aesop. First episode, she was really strong. Second one, and it maybe it's just me, but I got a distinct in a few places a Jake Lloyd sort of feel coming off of her with some of what she was doing, and and it kind of put me back a little bit. And I'm like, you know, you know, and again, it's like, okay, you're casting somebody as ten years old, which is a a tough sell for any child actor, especially in this sort of an environment. But there are a few places in there I just got this sort of. This Jake Lloydish, some of her dialogue was coming across, and I was like, "Ooh, that sounds kind of like Phantom Menace sort of thing." And I don't know if they want to go in that direction. Now, they've got a great story that's wrapping around that, and 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 you know, I don't think you know we're going to be Leia centric for very long. Um, I thought it was important to introduce her. I want to see. Hopefully, we get something between Obi Wan and Luke, and the character or the actor playing Luke as well. I was just like, "Ah, you guys probably want to be careful about spending too much time on this." Am I completely wrong, Aesop, or, or, you know, what do you think? I did not get the Jake Lloyd feels. I, I think this is, uh, to me, it, it doesn't have the same sort of feeling. Um, 
Now, first and foremost, let's go back to the, you thought it was going to be more Luke-based. Really, what is there with Luke? You know, and even in the original trilogy, you know, he's he kind of knows of Ben Kenobi, but he doesn't know anything about him. So you can't exactly have a nice relationship between those two, and especially when the relationship between uh, Owen and Ben or Obi-Wan rather, is so fractured, you know? So you're just going to get little pass-by conversations or maybe we get an episode of Luke Skywalker, you know, where it's through his point of view. The action really is with the Organas. It it, it really does because you have uh, um, Bail Organa who is really trying to not only run his uh, the city of Cor- uh is it Coruscant? No. He's on Alder- um, they're on Alderaan, aren't they? Alderaan. Alderaan. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Running Alderaan. And on top of that, still trying to lead a rebellion of sorts. Right? And Leia's got to come into her own to be that Carrie Fisher Princess Leia later on. So we need to see that that depth, that building. Because she knows of Obi-Wan Kenobi, of Ben Kenobi. But, you know, outside of that... You know, she's basically just uh, a tomboy at this point. So we got to make her that powerful figure. You raise a great point. You know, when she in the New Hope where she places that message into R2, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. That kind of does take on a whole new meaning after watching these first two episodes. Okay, she knows very well who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. And and, and when you start to kind of fill in the gaps that the story is trying to fill in, it's like, oh, okay. I get that. That makes sense. Now, here's the thing. And I was talking to Tony and, and talking to my nephew about it. We were driving out to the golf course yesterday. And it, and it comes through loud and clear here is that the moment of real life. And, and I'll say this. Obi-Wan is, to me, is haunted by his own failure in that first episode and goes into hiding. And, and you know, yeah, I, I get it. Like, like talking to my nephew, he's like, I, I don't want to see this turn into like, you know, the same thing like Luke went through with last Jedi, where he's haunted by his own failure with Ben. And I don't, you know, I, he goes, I don't want to see another story about that. And I get that, but yeah, you could tell in that first episode, Ben wants nothing to do with being a Jedi buried lightsabers in the middle of the desert. Um, and, and is punishing himself for his own failure. But yeah, in that second episode where, you know, and, and it's important because if you really think about it, he thinks Anakin died on Mustafar. He never knows until this moment when Reva, Reva or whatever her name is, tells him that Anakin is Darth Vader. That in that, the last scene, basically, of episode two, where he's trying to come to terms with the fact like, oh, my God, Anakin's still alive. You get the feeling like maybe somewhere in the back of his mind, he thinks of what Padme told him. There's still good in him which is, you know, is he going to try and redeem him in some way? And that moving forward is going to be obviously the big thing with this story. But yeah, that was that was some really powerful stuff. So first things first, though, you know, because of that, you are going to have a story of Obi-Wan redeeming himself. Because as of right now, if he's having these type of nightmares, that means he is not at one with the Force, right? I mean, that is that was one of the main story arcs in... Uh, you know, the early trilogies with Anakin is that he's having these nightmares. Jedis don't have that. They, they don't. They're at peace with everything around them. Um, so the fact that, you know, we're kind of 
having these little sh- hints and shades of dark side in uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, that's kind of a cool factor that I don't know if, if, how many people looked into that. Uh, but that was one of the first things that came to mind is like, why is he having nightmares? He shouldn't be. So uh, have you guys noticed that where he works is seems like some kind of butchering place in the middle of nowhere that he has to get cargo shipped to. And at the end of every shift, he takes that little piece of meat and cuts it out and wraps it up and sticks it right underneath his overalls, takes it home with him and feeds his lizard horse, whatever. I don't know what the official name <laughs> is. That. You know what I'm saying? You guys don't know either. So um, I, I bet a lot of people wouldn't know the name of that particular creature, which is, seems like a lovely creature. Um, were you waiting? And I think it still might happen, if, especially if he goes back to the job here, maybe a little denial of what happened and been like, no, I'm going to go back to normal again. Were you waiting for him to turn back into a Jedi because that guy confronted him about taking that piece of meat? Like, I thought for sure that big bald guy with the beard, he was going to get into it with. I thought that was going to be the thing that set him on that track, but maybe we're still coming to that. Yeah. You might get that after he's readopted himself as a Jedi and reintegrated himself. And I mean, and you think about it in this episode, when Reva's about to, you know, confront him and the grand inquisitor showed us up, he's holding his lightsaber. You know, damn well, he has not clicked that thing on since he turned that off after killing or thinking that he killed Anakin. So that moment where he's actually going to power that thing up is going to be hugely powerful for him. But I think, yeah, it might be like one of those moments like in Superman 2 where he gets his powers back and goes to the diner and kicks the trucker's ass. You may see Obi-Wan come back there and this guy's going to rip off somebody else and and, and Obi-Wan's going to intervene and and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's it's man, it's it's a really compelling series right now. And just seeing Vader in the back to tank, uh, you know, getting, you know, the treatment, the same thing that was that um, Boba Fett was getting in that series, same sort of thing, trying to get healed and just hearing that respirator click on, man. Fun fact, it is called an EOP or yeah. a snoot horse. Snoot horse. <laughs> snoot horses for the win. Uh, yeah, but it, I mean, he is he is feeding that and that sort of thing. Any other takeaways you guys had from these first two episodes that that strike you as something that we really need to talk about more. I mean, Aesop's right. The grand inquisitor, the whole relationship there and, and just kind of like the power struggle within themselves and the grand inquisitor biting the dust, you know, I think there's more to the relationship between Anakin and Reva than we think. And I think the majority of the rest of the series is going to be between Obi-Wan and Anakin, the kind of the, the, the meeting towards that. I think that's how this season's going to end on the precipice of that meeting. And that's, we're going to have more of this. This is it's going to be multiple seasons of this. I believe. I, uh, I, I will say I was thoroughly shocked by the grand quisitors, uh, quick demise. You know, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if that would have happened, you know, episode five, episode six, whatever, but man, episode two shit. That was a nice little twist for me right at the end. Yeah, I, I think Tuddy's right. We're going to get an early in episode three, Reva showing up with uh, with Vader saying, I found him. He's still alive. And Vader's, obs- you know, I mean, we know Vader has got some obsessive sort of issues. And, and that's that's been, you know, kind of one of his Achilles heel throughout his tenure as a, as a one of the most iconic villains of all time. But as soon as he finds out that Obi-Wan's going to is still alive, you know that his focus is going to shift into tracking down his former master to put him down 
once and for the count. But you know, and, th- and we know that that never really happens until they fight on the Death Star. Now that doesn't mean that I'm sure we're going to get some sort of face to face confrontation between them at, at some point. But they have to be careful because you got to remember the dialogue when they meet each other on the Death Star. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left you, I was but the learner. So they can't. They got to be careful about how much do you do here because you don't want to. You know, you don't want to tread on canon and stuff. Sort of they already stuff. did it. They already did it with uh, the Leia Obi Wan because he introduced himself as Ben. So True. you know, so that was one little slip up, I guess. I you know don't really care. How, why, but how can how can you? Why is that not unredeemable? What, what do you mean? So the first time he met her, he introduced himself as Ben. Why is that? Why? So what? Where? Where has it ever because- been said that? First time he met her, he told her his name was Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, because of her meeting with Luke in the desert, in Tatooine, she is looking for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Or, sorry, sorry. Uh, oh, no, you're right. Never mind. Uh, you are right. I did for her get that mixed up. But, um, yeah, never mind then. But, but yeah. Even still, why, would she, why wouldn't she ask for Obi-Wan slash Ben Kenobi in the, on, with R2? Yeah, I mean, it's it, maybe she, don't know. maybe she was trying to reach out to him by using his Jedi name to kind of instill something in him to say, hey, I'm not talking to Ben. Sure. I'm not talking to the guy who rescued me from the Inquisitors. I'm talking to the Jedi Knight, no. Obi-Wan. I need you, you Obi-Wan. I don't need Ben. ben. I need ben you, Obi-Wan. That's what I need. Jew Obi-Wan. Jew Obi-Wan. The Judai. Listen. <laughs> Dude, there's a shirt for you, Judai. That's got to be a shirt you can make. Listen, Got it. <laughs> the person who rescued, rescued Leia was Obi-Wan. The person who told the other Jedi to go bury their lightsaber in the middle of the desert, that was still Ben. But the second he decided to take the ship and go there and do it, that was Obi-Wan, period. And, you, and yeah, I think you got to... I think you have to understand that there is... They are the same... Go to the other planet to rescue her. Right. They are the same person... But Ben Kenobi is the one who put away his lightsabers and buried him in the desert. Obi-Wan's the actual Jedi. He does seem that there does seem to be a dividing line that, you know, we just thought, oh, it's just a nickname that they gave him. But this series seems to be exploring, at least in the first two episodes, the Ben Kenobi persona is the one who's been in the desert for 10 years and buried all of his stuff and wants doesn't want to be a Jedi anymore because he's haunted by the pain of his own failure with his brother. And and that is a real going to be a real driving point going forward. I agree with you guys. It's, it's a tremendous series. The first two episodes, a few little quibbles here and there. Nothing that's, you know, nothing that's fatal. And maybe I'm way off base. And I'm sure Patrick will let me know when he hears this. Either he'll say, yeah, I see Jake Lloyd in there as well. Or he's going to say, Dave, you're fucking an idiot, which Patrick <laughs> likes to tell me on occasion. So that's OK. Um, but, yeah, it's it's a very powerful first two episodes of this thing. I, I'm Really looking forward to seeing where we end up and and who how we end up and how we get there and what sort of other things are going to happen. So fantastic stuff! Great first two episodes. You guys got anything else you want to add on before we uh, jump into our first commercial break here? Since we have broken down, not you know we yeah it kind of did turn into a review <laughs> the first two episodes, but more of a kind of all encompassing overreaching sort of thing. Uh, Aesop, you got any final thoughts on? on this episode, on these uh, first two episodes and, and anything you're really, I mean, we all know what we're looking forward to, but anything maybe flying under the radar that you're looking forward to coming up. 
Once again, give me an Inquisitor's Siri. That's what I want. And then uh, at that point, that gives us, what, Force Unleashed uh, as well, too, which would be fun. Oh, there you go. We're, we're going to talk a little bit more about video game sequels coming up in just a few moments there. Tony, any uh, final thoughts on these first two episodes of uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and, uh, and anything else you're looking forward to coming up that we might not be thinking do I, about? Do I, do I have permission to roll the commercial right after I give this thought? Sure. Okay. When that when the Inquisitor ship came down and they first landed in the town and you didn't know who was coming out of the ship, I was really hoping it was going to be Boba Fett. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com. Is your home for hard hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Ah, I, I'm sure Patrick O'Dowd will appreciate any Boba Fett references he can get on on this show. That's for damn sure. You know how much he loves Boba Fett, so it's it's his favorite. Ah, we love you, Pat. Happy Memorial Day. <laughs> We're not done talking Star Wars, though, guys, because, man, we had Star Wars Celebration took place this week. And, and I, I, I gave you guys a link that I titled Star Wars Celebration News Dump because that's really kind of what it was. Uh, I want to kick it over to Tony first. I'm sure you had a chance to go through this thing, and we're going to talk some of the bigger news items. But what about that came out of Star Wars Celebration, which actually, uh, you know, Star Wars Celebration kind of dabbled a little bit in Indiana Jones 5 as well here and there. So it wasn't all Star Wars, but it was kind of Han Solo, Harrison Ford, Indy, whatever, that sort of thing. But uh, what did you read coming out of uh, Star Wars Celebration that kind of caught your eye? (laughs) The first and overall thing is, once again, Yes, more pieces to the puzzle. Give me everything. I'll take it. Um, I know we're going to get to that Andor trailer, but the first thing I want to say is I thought that was going to be a movie, and then I seen it was a series, and I was like, oh, that's even better, because I get more. Um, So that's where I I think I'm more leaning towards streaming series now, even though I like to watch some things in the theater. But, man, uh, 
the survivor trailer was really good there was a whole bunch of stuff in here we got some ahsoka news uh skeleton crew is officially announced with jude law there's just so many different things going on here where they're taking advantage of it right and to me they've done everything really well i I, you can nitpick here and there and you can even be disappointed in some of it but at least we're getting the story out and filling in the holes here so i'm I, I love the fa- last thing I'll say is I love the fact that they attack it from like three different avenues, right? You know, we got the animated stuff, we got the streaming stuff, and we got the movie theater stuff, and it's and they're doing a great job at all of it. Can't wait for Ahsoka, period. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Aesop, what did you see coming out of? Uh, and, and you know, we're going to be talking Andor, we're going to talk Jedi Survivor, uh, but what else did you see coming out of Star Wars Celebration? Lots of news, lots of information, but what did you see that kind of caught your eye? Well, first, I was quite shocked at the excellent response the crowd had to Hayden Christensen, who is just panned usually by the, you know, the Star Wars community. But, uh, you know, he what did he he end up saying? Um, This is where the fun begins. Everybody lost their shit, man. It was great. Lost their mind. And uh, you know what? I think that is super good to see you know the fact that he is getting some type of redemption from let's be honest a piss poor performance uh, at times and now we just need to see the true dark lord which is jar jar binks and i'll be happy <laughs> he's um hayden's getting the andrew garfield treatment right now is that that's what it reminds me of the way that andrew garfield got with the whole no way home thing and and, and this is kind of similar he a performance that was panned by a lot of critics, a lot of fans, but a lot of people looked at it with like, well, maybe it wasn't him. Maybe it was just the writing. And I think there's a strong argument with Hayden as well. But yeah, what he says, this is where the fun begins. Boy, that place came unglued. I I, I messaged you guys. Yeah, it, made, it made my soul smile a little bit because, yeah, I, I mean, he he did some things right. He did some things wrong. He was in a very, you know, an unenviable position to be playing Anakin sliding into Darth Vader tough tough role to and he was so you know lovable and likable in the first ones and you know okay yeah whatever performance not great but to have that to do a convincing story of this slide into the dark side not easy um stuff that i i picked out of here mandalorian got pushed to february 2023 which kind of surprised me a little bit season three is coming a little bit i thought it would be december which is when they've had like the first two seasons it's only a couple months so it's not that big a deal but yeah, I think um, the series that are coming out and, and the number of them and like just you get to see how Disney Plus is leveraging the ability of Star Wars to tell these stories that it's like we don't have to have a trilogy to tell a compelling story. We've got and, and, and you know, Marvel's doing the same thing. You see Marvel doing it. But now Star Wars is like, hey, we've got these great stories that we can tell using the Disney Plus streaming series. We've got Andor coming up. We've got Skeleton Crew, you know, Bad Batch to the animated stuff that they're doing. Um, I I like that. I did. What was one thing? Okay, we did get an announcement that Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords is going to be released for Switch, which is like, wow, you know, you guys are about 20 years too late on this thing, but that's fine. Uh, I thought at first, I thought they were talking about the remake was coming out already, but that's not the case. But uh, yeah, that's um, I mean, lots of little things, and then they dabbled in, you know, the uh, stuff about Indiana Jones Five, uh, a little bit about Willow. We're going to talk about the Willow trailer coming up. But let me let me just quick, since you brought it up, do you care about Indiana Jones Five? I want to. How about that? 
But do I right now? No. But I, I want to. I really, I really want to, Aesop. Man, I just don't. I don't care at all. And call me, can, call me a bad person can, for it, but geez. I mean, if the movie will be like Harrison Ford live action flies a plane on his own, like I'm in there. I want to see what happens. I want to see the landing for sure. But if it's actually another Indiana Jones story, I'm out. It's it's hard because the last no, one was no. so bad that it just it just... Plane, guys. <laughs> we need Reggie. Can Reggie come back from the original one? And I hate <laughs> it's just my pet Python Reggie. You know that sort of. Um, I did. I noticed that you know they did some stuff with Ahsoka. What <laughs> sick of these snakes on this fucking plane? <laughs> That's right. right. They did some stuff with Ahsoka, and and they are teasing. I know Tony, you mentioned it a little bit about Ahsoka. They are teasing the introduction of some iconic characters from the Rebel series: Ezra Bridger, Sabine Wren, uh, some people like that who they're going to bring into the live action, which adds even more to the star Wars lore, you know, now you're bringing the animated characters and you got to, of course, it's a lot of it's based on casting, but I think we're all really looking forward to Ahsoka, aren't we? I'll be down with it. How can you not? Exactly. Yeah. We didn't get, I did. They, they didn't give us a release date for Ahsoka during the star Wars celebration. Did they? And and they didn't give us a Mandalorian season three trailer, which I was a little bit surprised about. But that's all. It's all good. But yeah, lots of uh, all Star Wars. Yeah. And let's talk about the stuff they did give us. Um, Big trailer. We're not going to do trailer park music for this part because we're in the Star Wars discussion. But we got the trailer for Andor. Uh, This this Aesop, what do you think of this trailer, man? This is this is a definitely this is like the beginning stages of the rebellion. Is that is that kind of the vibe you got out of this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am for it. I, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, and the idea of just Andor all together being a series and, uh, you know, what we were going to get. Diego Luna is a treasure for this show. <laughs> and I, I really want to see the direction that they go. Um, b- because I don't think we got a good, uh, idea of that, which is, which is fine. That's perfect. In fact, I don't want to know more, you know, we, I think we talked about it with, uh, with Thor, you know, and how, like before they even gave us any trailers, now they're just pumping them out like crazy. Um, you know, I, I would rather not know things going into it, especially with star Wars, star Wars. We know everything, you know, and, and to the, to a point where we hate it, you know, I'm looking at you, midichlorians, can for once we not know I things? I, I don't need to know uh, every last detail right away it. with Star Wars. So uh, this was perfect for me. Tony, your thoughts on the Andor trailer and, and the uh, general gist of where we're going here. I look for this one to be a lot more about itself. Does that make any sense? Whereas a lot of the things we've seen reach to other storylines whereas this should be more centralized on hey you said it this is the start of the rebellion let's focus on that i don't need to know what's going on over here and over there i want this one to be centralized on that whereas other series you know mandalorian things of that nature it's important of what's going on around that as well but i think a centralized storyline here would be great because 
the backstory of the rebellion is another piece that we need to tell. That was one of the best parts of Rogue One is that outside of Vader, we got nothing else really Star Wars related. That was awesome. And it's one of the things that made that um, that movie, movie so great. I know it's like Patrick's one of his favorites of of any of the Star Wars movies ever. Uh, it but is my favorite, like I, hands down. Yeah, I think you know, like like you're saying, Aesop, with Star Wars, we we know we know the end of the story. The compelling thing about Star Wars remains: how did we get there? And 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 the story as to how we get there. We know about the rebellion. We know, okay, we know that there's the Empire. We know that the, in this Andor trailer, you start seeing people stand up. You've got Mon Mothma involved, her kind of origin story and how she becomes the focal point of the rebellion, like their leader of the rebellion. This is certainly going to tell us that story. But yeah, it's like we talk about it with Marvel a lot, like cosmic stuff versus street level stuff. This feels like a very street level series as far as Star Wars is concerned. Like Tony's saying, with Mandalorian, you've got all this other stuff going on with Jedi and 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 Grogu and 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 you know the uh, the Mandalorians Boba and all that Fett. sort of stuff. Boba Fett as well. Yeah, we got to throw a Boba Fett mention in. That's a they should give us a commission on that shit. But anyway, this this show is like more street level as to what's happening, the origins of the rebellion. Like I think you guys are right, Rogue. Uh, you know, Rogue One. It's very much kind of cut from that same cloth. So I think this is going to be a tremendous series. And it's coming very soon, August 31st, 2022. That kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> I didn't expect the release date to be that quick. Did you guys? I knew it was going to be quickly. They they said it was probably going to be around that August, September part of the year. So, yeah, I wasn't super surprised. I'm not going to complain. If you got it, I'll take it. Yeah, if you got it, I'll take it. Tony will take all the Star Wars he can get at this point. It's yeah, just... it's all Star Wars. Yeah, more Boba. <laughs> I would love to see like a uh, Jar Jar Binks and Boba Fett, you know, uh, buddy series. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Or let's get like the Jar Jar Binks Boba Fett holiday special. That would be perfect, man. Yeah, yeah fit and then with we're gonna, the Arthur we'll as well. Tie, we'll tie Patrick to a chair and make him watch it for forty-eight hours straight. <laughs> yeah, where they where they just explicitly say how R two D two is inconsequential to the entire story. Yes, oh. exactly. Wow. <laughs> just. just Patrick just walks out the room. Misa crazy. Misa crazy. Misa crazy. You know, you know, tomorrow when he listens to this recording, oh, we are oh, going to be a fucking yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Worth every second. For oh, sure. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like the equivalent of waterboarding for poor Pat there. Just like, we're going <laughs> to strap you down. He's got to listen. He's yeah. got to listen. It's, Poor guy. Uh, let's talk. I, we did get a trailer for Jedi Survivor, which is a follow-up to uh, which game is this? Aesop Fallen Order, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Jedi Fallen Order. Um, and I, to be completely honest, I've not played that game yet. It is on my short list of ones to play. But yeah, I remember playing Force Unleashed, which was a a fun little side story that I'm not sure whether that's canon or not. They seem to be dabbling with the idea that it. It might be maybe one of these days, Je you know, Vader kind of having a secret apprentice that no one knew about. Interesting. Did any did either of you guys play Fallen Order? Uh, I've dabbled with it here and there. I've not gotten around to finishing the whole uh, whole thing, but I, I will say absolutely fun game. Um, very Soulsborne esque, uh, which uh, I know is a super huge field of video games right now. Uh, and they did a damn good job. 
hell, EA did a damn good job. Normally, that is cash grab city, and I know we'll get uh, into that a little bit later. Uh, But, yeah, they did a fantastic job with the the game that they presented with a a great voice cast as well uh, and compelling stories. You know, we're actually seeing that now in the uh, Obi-Wan series, which, uh, you know, with the third sister, you know, we have a lot of those in um, Fallen Order. So... I, I can't wait to see how they expand on it and I'll probably buy it and then not play it for like six years. <laughs> Come back to it at the end. Yeah. It, it seems yeah. to be the, uh, us older gamers seem to have this sort of thing. I, I, I I'm going to buy it with the full intent of playing it. And then many years later, yeah, I finally finished it and it's already like three games down the series from there. But I'll say this, man, the, um, and I know, and they make it very clear this is not actual gameplay, but the trailer for this thing and the the graphics, and I understand that this is not gameplay, but even for just a cutscene, those graphics look damn close to photorealistic, didn't they? I mean, that was like, oh, yeah. I thought that's not CGI. That looks like live action. Uh, Tony, what were your thoughts on this trailer and just how close are they actually getting now to that photorealism as far as even just cutscenes are concerned? Yeah, I mean, especially with the cutscenes, when you're not actually infiltrating the gameplay along with that, they're just knocking it out of the park. But even even so, I mean, we've we've had the, they're doing it so well in so many aspects of the game, not just the visualization, but the sound matching it and everything else. And it's going to be great. I I have not played the Star Wars games. I played one like ten years ago. I don't remember which fucking one it was. Uh, with a little bit with DP, but I have enjoyed the fact that. And having been playing Fortnite here over the last however many months, for May the 4th week, they did throw lightsabers and blasters into Fortnite. And it was it was cool for a couple days, and then it got old, and they got rid of it after a week. But slaying someone with a lightsaber when you're used to shooting guns all the time was pretty sweet. Yeah, and, and that's... You raise it. You can use it to block too. It was nice. And that's something that we didn't mention in our discussion of Obi Wan Kenobi. He's using a blaster, which is so uncivilized when he's fighting off the bounty hunters because he doesn't want to fire up that lightsaber. I don't want to backtrack, but I think that was worth mentioning. You know, you're talking about blasters and that sort of thing. But I think it's important to understand that although PlayStation 5s and Xbox Series Xs are still difficult to come by, um, we are still very, very early in those consoles life cycle and the games really haven't scratched the surface of what those consoles are capable of. And I think you see this trailer here and you see the video rendering and yes, I know it's a cutscene, but still you figure, and I don't know which system that was on, whether it was on the PS five or Xbox or maybe an even higher end computer, but yeah, those graphics are jaw dropping. I no, no arguments here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I can't wait to. I mean, I play some of the Star Wars games, and I probably need to play more because I, I, I wish you know they're going to make a Star Wars game that's R two D two centric. That'll get Patrick playing. So you know that'll be awesome. And, hey. you know, eventually, these stories are going to be canon because yeah. of uh, EA or you know the the video game companies tie in with disney they're going to make this canon at some point so be prepared people 
yeah, you might want to play this to know the full story, as Tunney says, because they're probably going to inject it into the uh, the canon. I, can, can I, I can't pronounce it. The canon of the. Uh, I was going to say something else, but I'm just going to stick with iconography. Isn't that what it is? Canonical. Can I? <laughs> I don't know, man. Anyway, so that's that's kind of like uh, I mean, we could spend a lot more time talking Star Wars, but I think we want to move into the non Star Wars edition of the trailer park to talk some trailers, because as we mentioned earlier, there's a bunch of them that we want to get through. Uh, the only thing that yeah, the only thing we really got Indy J- Indiana Jones related was just like one scene of just Indy with the fedora on and it's OK. Where are you? Are you somewhere with more of these crystal fucking skulls or are we somewhere cooler this time? <laughs> so that's kind of the only thing I, I took from that. But we we're going to roll this beautiful banjo music and we're going to get to the uh, trailer park, the non Star Wars edition of the trailer park. Uh, let's get the banjos going in here. All right, guys, let's talk about it. This is this is, uh, you know, this is the episode where we're not intentionally trying to piss off Patrick, but I think we're unintentionally going to at some point and at many points on here. Let's let's begin by talking about Aesop mentioned it for Love and Thunder. We waited all these months for a teaser trailer. Now they're dropping like one a week. And this one, we got our first look at Gore the God Butcher and um some other stuff in this Thor love and thunder trailer, which they called the official trailer, not the teaser. Uh, you get the kind of the introduction of, uh, of the mighty Thor, Jane Foster's sort of thing, whereas Thor's reaching for Molnir and it gets snatched away from him and it's Jane. And they're kind of, you know, the interaction between them is kind of cute. I guess you could call it that. But uh, I, I mean, me personally, I like the teaser trailer better, but yeah, the let, let's let's get to the elephant in the room. Gore the God Butcher makes his appearance. Christian Bale's character, uh, basically saying he just wants to kill all gods, and you get into that sort of situation. But a lot of discussion about the portrayal of the way Gore the God Butcher looks. And Aesop did when it came out. He puts up the uh, the album cover to Queen's News of the World. And it looks like Frank the Robot, dude. He looks like Frank the Robot. You can't fight me on this. No, I can't. I mean, there's there's some similarities there that are a little bit disturbing. But um, you know what? Uh, let me. Okay, we'll we'll come back to you and I, Aesop. Tony, you saw this trailer. What were your thoughts of the trailer overall? And and, and this Gore the God Butcher thing. Um, <laughs> how are you feeling about that after watching this trailer? I'm okay with it, I guess. Um, I don't. <laughs> not in love with Christian Bale. I could tell you that, but we'll see what happens. I think the thing I love the most about seeing the trailer or a couple different trailers for this movie is the fact that it looks fun. You know, we've really been on a serious run here in Marvel and this looks like a kind of a mix it up. Let's have a little bit more fun. Everything's been so heavy. Um, that, that YTD charm, you know, that that's Taika right there. Can we make it Kevin Love and Thunder? I, I like that commercial. That's I was good. gonna 
Brit, I was good. Yeah, that was good. The Tyler Hero promo was good. They've been doing a good job at the NBA. Yes, exactly. Aesop, your thoughts on the trailer overall? And I know, you know, neither, none of us are exactly feeling Gore the God Butcher. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I'm like looking at it and saying, man, that's Bruce Wayne. Damn it. Bruce Wayne with silver paint all over him. That's that's not what I wanted, but it's, it's all right. Look, you had to change up Gore. Gore in the comics does not look like that. And if, for me, if I would rather have a photo uh like a cgi version of gore in which you know he's comic accurate or if i want practical effects uh you know version give me the practical effects every time i think he looks good i i actually don't hate on the fact that he looks like frank the robot but he does look like frank the robot uh with some touches of like kratos from god of war in there as well yes there Uh, you go but uh Overall, I'm excited for it. I think this looks great. I thought we had some a lot of fun, like uh, PC said. It it definitely doesn't feel like we took a step back from Ragnarok, which is awesome. Uh, I am intrigued by the number of gods we are going to get as well. You know, we've. We've made mention to Zeus many a times. Obviously, we're going to get some more Norse uh, gods as well. If you saw in uh, on the poster, uh, they recognize the actress who played Lady Sif. Uh, so she's coming back, which I think is kind of big news because, you know, we were wondering where the hell she went in the you know past couple movies. Um, this is going to be a good time. Oh, and uh, Moon Knight as well. We got Moon Knight and Wakanda in gods. Uh, so let's go. Let's see how many gods we can actually kill with, uh, gore. And with the way that, uh, Taika Waititi has said that this is the most terrifying villain he has yet, uh, he has seen. All right. Prove it. Put up or shut up people. That's saying a lot considering how badass Hela was in, in Ragnarok and everything yeah. that she wrought upon Asgard with her, with her wrath and all that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I like who's at core. Is that his name? The guy who's kind of core. narrating the core, narrating the beginning of Thor. He went from dad bod to god bod. You know, that's <laughs> like, and then, and then yeah, you've got Zeus kind of like trying to strip away his clothing, and, and he does too much of it, and and uh, you've got Valkyrie and uh, and Jane Foster just sitting there saying, "Should we help him?" It's like, oh, later. You know, you want a grape, and they're just kind of watching Thor's nakedness, and uh, I think I think Tony brought up a great point. It's a fun trailer this looks like it's going to be a fun movie uh you know they're going to dabble in some darker elements clearly because gore's going to be going around slaying gods everywhere you know who also just has a tragic story altogether which i i would assume that they don't stray too far from right yeah i i think i think they've got to make you got to give why is he so mad and killing all these gods and how is he able to do that so his his role in this and how they explain that is going to be very interesting to watch. But yeah, it's it's a cool trailer. I tend to agree with you, Aesop. Yeah, he look you know, Gord may not look like we thought he would because they strayed from the comics. But yeah, really, if you're gonna do CGI version or you're gonna add some actual realism to this, then you know, yeah, Christian Bale comes across kind of a kind of creepy in this whole thing. So good stuff there. That's gonna be yeah, that's coming out just wow. We're like a month and a half away from that. So not far away from a Thor love and thunder or Kevin love and thunder or whatever kind of love and thunder you want. 
Let's um let's talk about the other trailers. Uh, we got what is this? The seventh Mission Impossible installment, Dead Reckoning, and it's like it's like Deathly Hallows. Now it's Dead Reckoning Part One and Dead Reckoning Part Two. I'm guessing this is the culmination of the Mission Impossible stories, uh, at least the Tom Cruise variation. I haven't seen a bunch of these. I've seen a few of them. I've always thought they're good, but I haven't like watched them religiously. Uh, this trailer looked fun, though. Are you guys Mission Impossible fans? And if so, what are your thoughts on this? Well, PC's shaking his head no. Uh, well, I'll I'll come in and bring a breath of life. Uh, this is a series that does not die. And it's for the better because they have all outside of maybe Mission Impossible 2 been fairly solid movies across the board, which is surprising because you only do so much, but they've done a great job bringing in fantastic cast. Yeah, I love the addition of Simon Pegg. He's a just makes movies in that, uh, in that, uh, like that helper role, that secondary character. You bring back Ving Rhames, who is easily one of the more popular characters from the original, uh, as well. And I, pff, Tom Cruise, looks fucking good for being what is he late fifties right is that isn't that where he's at yeah, early fifties he, he's in his fifties regardless Tom's having a pretty big weekend right now with uh with Maverick uh, doing really really well in the box office and and, and yeah I gotta try and get to the movie theaters to see that but I'm saying that tomorrow oh you're the man I, I might try to do it today maybe this afternoon but uh yeah, I, I think like you're saying, Aesop, I've seen a few of the Mission Impossibles. They're all really good. You know, they're not, they're not there's no clunkers really uh, that I can recall. It's just like, it's one of those series that it's like you kind of watch it, then you go away, then you come back to it later on. But uh, I thought this trailer looked pretty good. Tony, you're not a Mission Impossible fan, I, I'm, I'm assuming. Is that correct? I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan. Um, he's 59. Uh, he'll be 60 in July. Shit. He's almost 60. Uh, That's nuts. Yeah, just Last Samurai was pretty good. <laughs> we know how, we know how much Tunny loves, absolutely loves Top Gun. So, anyway, uh, let's uh, we will we'll, we will leave Mission Impossible behind. I think what that's coming next year, Part One. We're not sure when, but sometime in twenty twenty three. Aesop, you shared a, a trailer with us. Uh, Baymax has got a a kind of a new trailer going on. The upcoming series based off of, uh, what was it, Big Hero? Is that the. Yeah, Big Hero 6. Right, Big Hero 6 and and Baymax, of course, the the sleeper, most popular character in that whole thing. And now we've got his own. This is a movie, isn't it? It's not a series, it's a movie. It's it's a series. Is it? Okay. I'm way off. Yeah. I can't. That's a problem nowadays. You can't keep track. Is it a movie? Is it a series? You know, that sort of thing. Uh, So. What you you share this thing? What were your thoughts on this uh, this uh, trailer and and your thoughts on the Baymax series in general? First and foremost, uh, Big Hero Six is a very much a slept on uh, Pixar movie. It is far better than people like to give it credit for, with some engaging characters. One being Baymax. I will say I think they're doing themselves a big disservice by making this a series rather than a, a one-off movie. I have a feeling like this is going to be too much and you're not going to have the same type of content or uh, emotional attachment similar to like what they did. Uh, I don't know if it was that uh, late last year with monsters at work, the uh, you know, monsters Inc spinoff TV show, like 
no one cares. No one cares. And they're lucky because I think Baymax has so much personality uh, that it might be able to save it a little bit. But, man, this would have been far better off being, uh, you know, our 45 movie than, you know, six, seven, eight episodes at, you know, half hour, 40 minutes. No, you raise a really good point. I'm going to kick it over to Tony. You know, I know we've talked about Tony. You've talked about series and and how some things play better to the sort of streaming model. But like Aesop's raising a good point that Baymax, there might not be enough meat on the bone to justify an entire series. Um, first off, are, are you a big Hero 6 fan? If so, what do you think about, you know, with what Aesop's saying? Should this have been made into like an hour and 45 minute long movie rather than an entire series? I'm not a big fan, but I completely understand where Aesop's coming from, whereas you can really tighten things up and for sure knock something out of the park as opposed to now we're kind of skeptical if we can fill in that much time. I think that's where he's coming from there, and I agree with him. I definitely agree with that. This is something I probably won't be watching, but um, I agree with the sentiment there. And I, I tend to think I agree with uh, with Aesop as well, that it's um, it's a fun character. You know, but when you you get to the point where you got you're now dabbling in this whole situation where we don't want to turn everything to a series. Some things are going to play. Better. I was, go ahead. Yeah, Asa. I was just going to say that. Like, I do have some series fatigue. Can can we turn these things into movies? Can we? Because man, uh, and we'll we're, I'm we're just about to talk about that with our next trailer. That that is made to be a movie. That is not made to be a series, in my opinion. Right. Um, and sometimes it works, but other times then it kills something. Like, you know, look at uh, Age of Resistance, Dark Crystal. That was a fantastic series. But because it was a series, it did not get the same attention that it could have been if it was, say, a movie. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know how to feel um, I, unfortunately, this is a trend that's just not going to die anytime soon. In fact, it's probably going to increase with the way that uh, so many different uh, streaming services have been going and you know making money. They're going to make just streaming, um, uh, sorry, series and content through that. Which, well, but no, you're you're right, and I think this is this is part of the post. I mean, I know the pandemic's still going on, but. I'm using the term post-pandemic very broadly here, guys. So please send your hate tweets to at Wrestling Realist. Uh, if I'm saying anything here that pisses you off, just, you know, keep that in mind. <laughs> but no, just make sure you tag at Patrick O'Dowd as well. Yeah. That too. No, um, the thing is that I, I think, you know, the the rise in popularity of of uh, of series and streaming Really, I mean, it was already going, but let's be honest, when COVID hit, that went through the roof because everything then shifted from movies. Let's put it out on streaming because we've got this platform. People can't go to the theaters. Theaters, let's use this platform. And now, and I don't know, do you guys feel like maybe they're using these streaming services as kind of like a crutch where they're just saying, hey, it's easier just to put this out as a series and, and not worry about is it safer than putting it in the theaters because we don't really know how it's going to do, how it's going to translate over there. Are people going to show? Are they not going to show? Do you feel like that's an issue? 
the, probably. The, the safety net in doing a streaming series is if you know it's good, by the end of it, all the people are going to have watched it. If you throw something in the movie theater and you don't have good numbers the first couple weekends, you fail. Aesop, you agree with that? There's also more money involved because if it's good, you just keep adding series, which is just more money, more money, more money, more money, more money. Well, and you could do that in the movie theater. Uh, it's not in the same way. And there's less promotional uh, stuff as well, advertisement. Uh, you know, with movies, you have to advertise the hell out of that. You can't just come out and, you know, do nothing. Look at something like The Northman, which is, you know, a fantastic movie, but it's not making any money right now because the advertisement is just not, you know, not what it is compared to Doctor Strange 2. So, well, there's a difference in streaming advertisement for a movie and advertisement for a movie in the theater, though. Well, that, but that's what we're talking about. It, right, but I'm talking about the difference between a series as well, though. Oh, I, I'm talking strictly... Movie to uh, movie? Okay. I like got you. Movie, like theater movie to uh, sure. to series, like streaming series. Yep. And well, that's that's a fair statement, too. But I, um, again, I feel like Baymax would have been better as a the- theatrical release. Well, let's talk about the next, the last two trailers we're going to talk about. One of them's a movie. One of them's a streaming series that's coming up. You could make arguments both ways that, well, you could turn, turn one, you could have turned one into a streaming. You could have turned the other into a, uh, into a movie and, and you could make arguments for both. But the first one is one. I didn't even know about this till Aesop shared this trailer. I had no idea this movie was even a thing. Uh, the gray man, which is actually coming out July 15th, 2022, Chris Evans sporting a porn stash that they even make fun of in the trailer, which is excellent. Gnarly. And and Ryan Gosling, you know, as part of this uh, this thing. And man, this is a very interesting sort of movie that they got coming up. Um, Aesop, you shared this thing, so I'll turn it over to you first. What about? I mean, I didn't know about it till I watched the trailer that you shared. I'm like, oh, I'm in. Uh, but what about this thing really grabs your attention? It has a similar feeling to uh drive which you know people lauded uh ryan gosling for and i think it has that same sort of potential to be something like that now i i believe that's a netflix movie isn't it yeah yeah it is yeah which you know we were we were talking about this not too long ago netflix just like collapsing in on itself uh almost and with the way that they've kind of just, you know, kicked it into overdrive, you know, getting the movies like The Gray Man out there. Uh, obviously, they, they won the bidding war for Knives Out 2 and 3, which, fuck, not, the first Knives Out is one of my favorite movies uh, of, you know, the like recent five years, I would say, if not maybe longer. You know, they're they're coming out strong. And to me, this is a strong movie. Yeah, Tony, what did you think of this trailer? And did you know that this project was coming? Was it out there, or, or if you didn't, then what do you are are you in after watching this uh, trailer? Like I am, I had no idea and don't really care. <laughs> Tony just raining on our parade, Aesop. You know, sorry. Was... Just what honest. are you good for sometimes, Tony? Jeez. Wow, who <gasps> free good movie God, tickets? Y'all. Free movie Absolutely tickets. Absolutely nothing. Say it again. 
Uh, I I dug the the uh, trailer a lot. The uh, the notion of of Chris Evans of Captain America being a heel for the first time since he was what Lucas Lee and Scott Pilgrim um, kind of is going to be cool, man. That's going to be that's going to be some uh, fun stuff, man. Uh, Tony's checking out on us. Oh well, he's got he's got some business to tend to. Aesop, it's just me and you to bring this this puppy home, man. But Let's I do it. I think we can handle that. That's that's going to be okay. Well, he knew we were uh, we're about to talk Willow, and there is no chance he cares about this show at all. And and I got it here. We're going to talk the Willow trailer, which came out during Star Wars Celebration. I got to be honest with you. I'm probably going to incur your wrath. I know I will incur the wrath of Mister O'Dowd, so I apologize and I. I'm going to brace myself for this tomorrow, but I was never the hugest Willow fan when I was a kid. I, I just, it's, okay. it's something I watch and maybe it's because I haven't watched the movie in a really, really long time. I know I'm pretty sure. I think if I remember Patrick in our conversations in the past, I think he really was a, a much bigger Willow fan than I am. So I'd be curious. Hopefully we'll get his thoughts on this when he uh, comes back from assignment as to his thoughts on the Willow, Willow series. Um, I guess I'll start this. Uh, I mean, granted, a I'm not the biggest Willow fan in the world. The series, the trailer did intrigue me, but it's like I'm looking at this trailer and I'm thinking, can I get Lord of the Rings instead? You know, this is what I'm really wanting to see more than anything. Um, but at the same time, it's it's a trailer that's like, you know, maybe I need to like stop, go back, watch the movie, kind of get immersed into that world again. So that's just my thoughts about it. Sorry, Pat. Please don't hurt me. Um, but I do want to turn it over to you, Aesop, to, to see what what do you think? Are you a big Willow fan? And if so, are you all in on this series? Well, as I was saying before, I do like Willow. I really enjoy that movie. Um, now, I look at this trailer and I go, I wish this was a movie and not a series. I don't need that much Willow content. I think... Uh, I think it'd be a lot better as a, as a film. And now again, I will gladly be wrong. You know, if I watch it and I go, Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's some good willow. That's some good, uh, Warwick Davis right there. Um, I I'm a little concerned, uh, for Val Kilmer. I don't, he is supposedly a big part of this series. Val Kilmer is in rough shape. You know, like, what, what does he have, like, throat cancer or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, by I wish him speedy recovery. But if they're going to be, like, if they're going to be bringing back Mad Mardigan, he better be old Mad Mardigan. Because, like, that was one of the charming, uh, you know, qualities of that movie is the character work. Uh, between that and even, like, some of the, the lesser ones, like, like the brownies, you know, which are obviously going to get changed up because basically all they did was do Cheech Marin impressions <laughs> the entire time. But um, yeah, I, I I'll watch it. I'll definitely watch it. But I think it's going to linger in my brain how much I would rather have this be a film than I would a series. Yeah, and I don't know how much lore there is as far as Willows, but it might, like you look at this thing we keep coming back to, series versus movie. You know, something like Wheel of Time, okay, there's way too much content to try and make a movie out of that. Tailor-made for a series, that sort of thing. Um, you know, Halo, which, you know, okay, I could see that being made in a series, and obviously it, it was, and, and that sort of thing. 
Willow is kind of one of those things that, yeah, if this is a spiritual successor to the original, then why aren't we just calling it Willow 2, putting it out in movie theaters and saying, here you go. Um, you raise you raise a good point. I don't know if there's enough. Again, it's it's like that. It's a cliched saying, but is there enough meat on the bone to justify a series out of this thing? And and I don't know. I know there are a fair amount of books, so there is content for it. And I, I believe the books even had some tie-in with George Lucas. He directed the first one. But I, I believe Lucas helped write the books or something, like something along those lines. So, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see what this means. But, yeah, uh, yeah again, I, I don't think... I'm glad you understand my sentiment. I, I just worry about all these series altogether, though. I think right. I think there is some fatigue there. And maybe it's just because we have this binge watch culture going on that, you know, again, it's just not going to die anytime soon. But, man, I, I was thinking the same thing with Obi-Wan when I was watching it. I was like, some of these are under 50 minutes. Right. That, that fucking sucks. Yeah, like, I think. This show is a good barometer of that series fatigue you're talking about. The reason why Patrick raises a good point as to why he doesn't want to review multiple shows at once, because it does get fatiguing. It, it, it gets fatiguing to discuss it, to try and review them in the capacity of, hey, we got multiple series coming up. But yeah, I mean, you look at the slate that's coming up and, and you know, like we're going through we're going through Obi-Wan right now. OK, we got the boys coming up this week. In the background, those of us who are fans are going to be watching Stranger Things. You got Miss Marvel coming up in a couple weeks. You got Umbrella Academy coming up at the end of the month, uh, at the end of June. That's Those are what? Five pretty heavy-hitting streaming series all colliding at once. And yeah, I mean, you're right. There is a binge-watch culture, but the only one of those series... Well, no, I take that back. Two of them, uh, you know... Stranger Things and um, Umbrella Academy will be bingeable. The rest of them are periodic releases, that sort of thing. But you're right. It does, you know, you can't make everything a series because how do you stagger those things out so you don't have even super nerds like us? You do get tired after a while. And I think that's, you know, and this is where I agree with Pat that, you know, yeah, let's not try and cover too much at once because it just gets too difficult to try and encapsulate all this stuff. And it gets tiring, you know. I don't know about you, but it's like, all right, I'm tired, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, turning everything into a series is um, is a problem, whereas opposed to, hey, I'll go to the movies for two, two and a half hours and be done with it. Yeah, which, you know, wasn't that one of the things that enticed us about the series, right? Like, oh, I can I can watch one episode and it's going to be 50 minutes. Like, that's awesome. You know, now we're at the point, though, where we, again, it, this binge watch culture where, God, I got to watch all nine episodes of Halo on a Saturday because Dave wanted me to review it. And I, I was like, shit, even though I watched the you know a couple already, I, I figure I just watch them all again so I can get them fresh in my mind. You know, <laughs> but that that was you know, what, uh, eight hours in my in my day that, you know, some people might say they never get back. <laughs> did you did Not you that, did you finish? Yeah, Halo? I did. All right. Before we take our second break, let's let what as the series came to an end, what were your thoughts on where we ended up? Season one, very uneven, lots of issues with the gamers everywhere. Um, I told you it's like, well, it's cool that the game's version of Master Chief showed up at the very end 
but he's dead and Cortana's taken over. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I like the series. I will say, I will maintain this. I liked the series. I didn't hate it. I liked it. Did I love it? No, I liked it. Do I want to see where they go in season two? Yeah. I kind of want to see when master chief, you know, kind of when John comes back and Cortana infused master chief goes away. I did like the fact that we didn't have any Quan in the season finale. Fine. Get her the fuck out of here. We didn't need any of that stuff. It yeah. was very focused on what it needed to focus on for the season finale. Your thoughts, I mean, before we go to the second break, Halo season one, how'd you feel about it in the end? Started off very strong. That episode one was was quite fun. It did peter off at episode two, three, four. And I, I, I can't remember if that was four or five, where it's just all Quan. Why? No one wants that. No one wants to see her. I'm sorry. I get it. She's pretty pivotal to the story, but it was so disjointed at that point. And uh, I did find it a little puzzling that they never got back together once they separated. And then you had uh, Quan and uh, Soren, uh, Bukin Woodbine's character you know, just kind of working together for the rest of the time. It was like, what? Uh, Okay. Um, I will say, uh, probably the final two episodes were really good, which helped. And it wasn't just the one episode, because that that blows. Um, That was pretty good. I was so happy to see Dr. Halsey's assistant, Ashton, die, because fuck that guy. Like, there were, again, some really weird choices, right? Like that guy, when um, I realized that they were trying to tease this thing where he's got, like, love and affection for Dr. Halsey. So then when they made that clone and he tries to, like, randomly kiss her at one point, that that was just like, no, no, get that the fuck out of here. Um, I, I look forward to seeing what they're doing. I'll watch it again. Um my personal take, you don't need backstory. Don't give me backstory. Explain things, sure. Flashbacks, I'm done with it. Uh, yeah. I, that is one of the tropes of these series things, especially in these series, that I am quite sick of. We don't need flashbacks. Leave it out and just get to these series. Um, and trust, trust Halo. Master Chief is an iconic character who didn't do much in the game uh, vocally, but why couldn't you adopt that a little bit more? That's just me. Why'd you wait until the final 15 minutes of season one to go into to get that? I mean, the video game segments, which are difficult to do, I thought they did those pretty well. The the set pieces and the action was very well done, uh, very... I think gamers out there were very satisfied with it, but I don't want to get too deep into Halo because I can already hear Patrick saying, you just said you shouldn't review multiple shows and now you're doing it here. So no one fucking cares. Ah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, no, I just, I, I, the only reason we're doing it is because I did kind of ask Aesop, Hey, what'd you think of Halo? And I know you did go and you went through the trouble of reviewing it all for this show. So we might as well talk about it. So yeah, I, I got about halfway through, I got about halfway through and then I, I had other stuff taking my time. So it was like, well, I could either watch the last four episodes or I could go back and watch the whole thing. 
So I I did the arduous task of rewatching the whole series in in a morning and afternoon. I think that warrants discussion. Therefore, I'm okay with talking about it. But we are going to take our second commercial break. Then we're going to come back, Aesop, and I'll touch on a few little news items, and uh, and then we will get on out of here. But you are listening to bandwagon nerds which is a part of the chair shot radio network here on the chairshot.com i guess i'm gonna have to do the pitch for if you enjoy the content that we're doing and you like what we're doing and we put out a lot of content on the chairshot.com make sure you're going to pro wrestling tees.com forward slash the chair shot where we have a plethora of shirts out there that you can purchase all sorts of sayings slogans Things of various natures. You never know what kind of shirt that Aesop will have greenlit on that site. You know, there's there's a lot of those out there, but they're generally $19.99. You can pay a few few dollars more and get it soft style, which may or may not feel better on your giblets, as Patrick O'Dowd would say. And just saying the word giblets just kind of makes me a little uneasy, but you know, that's just me. <laughs> but yeah, you can go there, support the cause, buy a chair shot shirt. You can even get the bandwagon nerd shirt. And support the cause there. But uh, yeah, once again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. When we come back from this commercial break, a little news that Aesop and I are going to talk about. But you're listening to Bandwagon Nerds, a part of the Chair Shot Radio Network right here on the ChairShot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, Aesop, you mentioned it earlier. We got uh, some interesting news. You were, you were talking about EA earlier, and EA's been in the news quite a bit this week for, I don't know about the wrong reasons, as far as they're concerned, it's the right reasons. But the big question is, is, is lurking out there. Electronic Arts, whether you love them or not, and I know there's a lot of people out there who hate them because of what's happened to Madden and uh, some of the other series that they've done. You know, they did they Star got, Wars. Star Wars, yeah. They've, got, they've done some things right, like they didn't completely shit the bed when they took over the F1 series. Bravo, guys. Madden is another story. Their NHL series is still pretty solid. That's that's uh, but their FIFA now or whatever it's called now that the FIFA license is gone. Well, hold on. I'll quickly chime in on that. That's FIFA. That's not EA. Yeah, that's FIFA's right. FIFA's being cocks. Right, and, and and EA doesn't care because they've still got the licensing rights with all the actual clubs and all the players. All they lost was the ability to call themselves FIFA. Who gives a shit? You know, if, I can still have Bayern Munich, but it's called EA Soccer. Fine. <laughs> Who cares? EA Football 2000. Yeah. No one's going to care as long as we've got the licensed uh, teams and players and that thing. So, yeah, FIFA, like you said, is just a dick. But all that aside, EA is still one of the largest gaming companies in the world. Uh, the fact that they're looking to and, – and we've heard a lot of different things. Are they for sale? Are they looking to be for a merger? This is a day and age, Aesop, where we're seeing a lot of big mergers going on with video game companies, a lot of things consolidating. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Is EA up for sale? And, and, and is this something for the industry to be worried about? Or is it just a business opportunity for electronic arts out there? This is huge. EA has a lot connected to them. 
And, you know, we talked about things like, um, you know, Bethesda getting bought out uh, by Microsoft. Microsoft just buying up a lot of things in the first place. If EA is truly up for sale, that would we just had it not too long ago. I forget um, what company got bought out that was you know record breaking. Activision and Blizzard got bought out by somebody, right? Was it, yeah. Was but was it was it Blizzard altogether that uh, that really shook the ground? I can't remember exactly. It doesn't matter. All I'm saying is is if EA is truly up for sale, you're going to have an even bigger acquisition number that is going to be record setting with the amount of properties that ea owns and basically every legitimate sport game which just pumps money every year i mean the the industry has already changed drastically this will change again and we're gonna start seeing some type of weird monopoly shit, I think, uh, because Sony's already proven that they don't do not want to work with the other companies. Um, you know, now Nintendo and Microsoft have a decent partnership, so that benefits them. But, you know, not something like Bethesda. You're not going to see um, what's it called uh, on PlayStation like Fallout or, uh, you know, Elder Scrolls, those are huge titles. Uh, you know, Doom, the Doom uh, and Doom Eternal were huge titles again, owned by Bethesda. You're not going to see that on on PlayStation because you know they don't want to work with them. And to think that you might not see something like NBA 2K or Madden on one of these consoles, holy fuck. Yeah. holy fuck yeah you're talking i mean and there's so many people who play madden on on you know whether they're playing it on the playstation or or the xbox I mean, let's be honest a lot of people aren't doing it on switch that sort of thing but but i think yeah i mean you're looking at and and i'm just looking at some stats here aesop just for context for people 2022 alone has seen the two largest am i looking at this right the two largest acquisitions yeah. uh yes in in video game history microsoft acquiring activision blizzard this year 68.7 billion billion uh take two interactive got zynga is it was a zynga like farmville and that sort of shit holy uh, shit for in this year for 12.7 billion <laughs> yeah um, and i'm gonna tell you right now if ea is truly up for sale i expect it to be 15 billion Here's another one. You mentioned Sony Interactive acquired Bungie this year for $3.6 billion. That's interesting. Bungie, of course, for those of you who were talking Halo a few minutes ago, Bungie's the ones who developed Halo in the first place. Now, yes, 343 took it over many years ago. But, yeah, I mean, you're talking Sony acquiring the guys who developed. Uh, didn't Bungie develop Destiny as well? I'm pretty sure yep. that, that. So that happened this year as well. Yeah, if you get electronic arts getting bought by i don't know who they're looking for maybe i think i've heard disney as one of them but disney's yeah, i've really, also heard disney and apple yeah those are massive you look at those two those are two of the biggest companies that could possibly exist out there between disney and apple and my lord um so yeah electronic arts is still a major 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 player in the video game industry if they're really looking for a merger deal like what we talked about here 
it's uh, industry shifting for sure. Like you're saying, Aesop. Again, I wouldn't even be surprised if it's more than 15 billion. I could easily see that going to 20 billion. And that's an insane number. Like, holy shit. Like, that is a seismic event of epic proportions. That is a 12 on the Richter scale. Uh, that that would just be monumental and legitimately would put, you know, a certain council or, you know, company out in front and it could kill one of the consoles. Now, you know, Nintendo's kind of saved because, you know, they, they are geared towards a different audience. Right. And, you know, they, they have their content, but imagining, something like Microsoft not having any of those EA sports games on their Xboxes. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that is a definite industry shift. I mean, I would imagine if you get like Disney or Apple buying EA, it's going to beat this take two Zynga. Uh, I think, yeah, you'll exceed 12.7 billion. Now you're not going to get, the Microsoft Activision numbers, because those are ridiculous. I mean, that is $68.7 billion, That's That's insane. But, you know, you're talking the guys who develop World of Warcraft, which is still going 20 years later and still adding expansions. The guys who do Diablo, the guys who do Overwatch, uh, the guys who do StarCraft. So that's that's a little bit of a different sort does, of... Does um, uh, Call of Duty fall underneath that EA banner as well? does call of duty isn't that bethesda i'm not sure if it's bethesda. no that's not that's not bethesda i i know that uh like treyarch and uh whatever the the other like studio itself but i want to say it, it's somewhere in there uh regardless if again there's another one though that holy shit you don't have you know call of duty potentially on these things yeah. um yeah i'm trying yeah. i'm looking at okay so who's call of duty uh activision there you go so oh well, shit there you go so that's 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 <laughs> another mine. another reason why that's 68.7 billion and you're talking some of the biggest franchises known to man between world of warcraft and call of duty holy shit uh um, overwatch overwatch yeah, well. yeah i mean yeah, that's a lot of stuff there but yeah i mean it, it's we'll have to keep an eye on that i don't think it sounds like everything we're reading uh is like ea is not looking for a complete flat-out buyout they're looking to merge with somebody and leverage their they're not going anywhere ea is not going anywhere don't don't worry about that they'd be insane yeah they but they're not going anywhere but where they end up is the bigger question right now as far as where this is going big big stuff happening in the video game industry um shifting over to marvel real quick we got news about loki season two not only is it coming back aesop but the gang's all here tom hiddleston confirming that everybody from loki season one everybody's coming back for Loki season two, uh, we don't have any details as far as release dates and that sort of thing. But what do you think, man? I mean, they're bringing the whole crew back for Loki season two. I know it's exciting. Or alligator Loki. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It does. But we say everybody does. We mean all the CGI guys as well, but uh, yeah, yeah, better. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great that, you know, we weren't sure whether we we're going to get a season two of Loki. Not only are we getting it, but it's a full complement of everybody involved. Uh, I'm fascinated to see where the story goes and how, by the time we get there, how will they have fucked the multiverse up at that point in time? Yeah. Um, well, 
Yeah, as long as we're not trying to bank on another Morbius sequel, that's all I don't care about. Why you got? Why you got to bring him into this conversation, man? We are doing well, and now he's relevant. Gonna... Did you didn't you see my post earlier? I it's did. Morbin time. Oh, God, <laughs> so good. I told uh, you I, I'm still going to gift you that uh, that triple pack of Morbius and the two Venom movies, man. I... Oh fuck! Uh, did, I don't I don't know if you saw they um. Uh, Morbius actually was in the news uh, this week. He, uh, the movie itself was actually streaming for multiple days on Twitch, uh, and eventually they they shut it down. Uh, and I think that it went so long because of the fact it's bombed so fucking hard. <laughs> It's so, streaming, but no one's watching it. So on Twitch, no one. It's free. Damn it! Please, please watch our trash. Please, we're begging you. Uh, but yeah, it, it's going to be cool to have season two of Loki with everybody back. I assume we're going to get some more Kang. I assume we're going to get some more uh, Selvi, or I think that was her name. I forget. Sylvie. S- Sylvie. Sylvie. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so well, now I wonder about Kang. Because depending on when Loki season two drops, we do have Quantumania coming up. And Quantumania has already stated that Kang is going to be that bad guy, the antagonist. So I, is he going to be there? I don't know. I know that Jonathan Majors uh, didn't exactly play the bad guy Kang, right? He played uh, you know a different version of him. But... I, there's a strong probability that Kang's just gone, you know, and is, depending on when Loki season two drops. Yeah, we'll have to see about where we are story wise. And yeah, where are we multiverse multiverse wise and where is everything falling by the time we get to Loki season two, which I'm going to guess 2024 ASAP. I don't think 2023 might be a little bit soon to hope for Loki season two. I'm guessing 2024. I, I don't know. Again, if that's the case, then there's no chance that you get Kang. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. May, and who knows? We don't know. We don't know. We don't have details as to what they filmed, how far along they are. Maybe la- latter part of 2023. We'll see what happens there. But uh, I, I did want to turn the last little news bit that we're going to talk about. Uh, it is. I know Tony and I talked about it last week with the uh, She-Hulk trailer and the uproar, uh, especially amongst our good friend Aesop Mitchell about the CGI of the She-Hulk trailer. And now Disney apparently heard Aesop and said, we got to do something. The fabled one is pissed. And I guess they kind of fixed the CGI in the trailer. Are, are you are you feeling better about things now, Aesop? Or, or how are you feeling, man? Look, uh, first of all, I know I got a bunch of fucking flack from Mr. O'Dowd on this. <laughs> all I said was that the CGI didn't look all that great. I said they had more than enough time to touch it up, and they were probably going to do and you so. You were not. You were not alone, obviously. Yeah. So, look, it does look better, though. It absolutely does look better. It looks like uh, the actress um, Maslani. I know that's her last name. Uh, and I'm I'm more game for this show now. Uh, I'm more game. You know, She Hulk does not look like the Hulk. She looks like Jessica, uh, Jessica Walters and Jessica Walters. That's right. No, that's J- Jennifer, right. Jennifer, Walters. Jennifer Walters. Jessica Walters is like the actress. Um, yeah. Je- she looks like Jennifer Walters. So make her look like Jennifer Walters. Don't give her this, you know, caveman Neanderthal face that 
honestly looked like uh, CGI from you know, 10 years ago. It it did not look good to start. And uh, I'm glad they touched it up. Uh, I don't think they need to be this quick on it, though. Um, but whatever. Way to go, Disney. I'll take it. I'm not going to complain. Saw the same thing with uh, Sonic, right? And look how well that turned out for him. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you feel like maybe they kind of like mailed in that first trailer and didn't put a lot of thought into people how scrutinized they might be by eagle-eyed observers such as yourself and a bunch of other people out there is like hey this shit looks like crap man uh you guys got to fix this up and and they they yeah the response was shockingly fast yeah again i think it's an overcorrection i don't think they need to get that wild i didn't need it immediately and i i guess the internet you know the uh, internet community required them to do that uh which you know whatever but i I you could have came out later on you get it all the time with video games you know video games say like oh look at the graphics on this trailer uh why why couldn't you have done that with uh you know the tv series as well how many video games get patched multiple times after they're released because of a multitude of issues uh, this one, I, I mean, I, I, I saw, I know Tony and I talked about it last week. I was like, ah, let's see what the final product looks like before we get completely bent out of shape about sure. this CGI that looks 10 years old, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, they hurt, they hurt Aesop. They fixed it. I, I'm giving Aesop full credit for this course correction. And I, I think I'm going to roll with that. But that, that's really kind of, you know, we've talked about a lot of Star Wars news, a lot of trailers, a lot of just little news bits. Uh, before we cut out of here, uh, I guess we got to talk about Ray Liotta, uh, a legendary actor who we lost this week. Died in his sleep filming. Where was he? Dominican Republic or, or somewhere? Puerto Rico? Something like that. Puerto Rico, I think. Yeah, filming a movie. Ray Liotta, of course, uh, from um, Field of Dreams. He was Henry Hill in Goodfellas. Probably this most well-known role. A very beloved actor. Sucks. 67. A little bit young to be dying in your sleep. But, um, yeah. Your thoughts on on the one and only Ray Liotta, Aesop, if you have any. Yeah, it, it sucks. I'm happy that he passed in his sleep because we've been unfortunately talking a lot of deaths lately and they have been not so pleasant. Uh, so if if I have to find some type of solace, silver lining, that's what I'm going to feel. Uh, also, I'm never going to have to see his 1800 tequila commercials ever again. <laughs> Well, I guess that is sort of a silver lining, but uh, yeah, that's silver tequila, silver tequila lining. Uh, you know, a- Aesop raises, he mentioned it there. I-, I think we would be remiss in cutting off this show with not without at least not acknowledging what's happened this past week. And I know we're not going to get political on, on this discussion because that's just not who I am. I've dealt with politics too much in my life to deal with it on this on this show. But uh, yeah, really bad. Bad few weeks, lots of mass shootings. Of course, what happened in Uvalde, Texas, I, you know, I got no words for it other than like, like, you know, listening to Steve Kerr, you know, something's got to change, you know, something's got to change. Somebody's got to do something. You got to come up with something. This isn't about the second amendment anymore. This isn't about your right to bear arms. This is about the right, the right of people to purchase a specific type of arm that is killing children and a lot of other people all the time. You got to do something about that i it's 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 enough you know i mean it's just you know you watch it what happened down there and i mean our thoughts and prayers and condolences to the 
everybody down there. It's just, it's ridiculous. And, and you look at Buffalo, you look at what happened here in California. Now you got this shit in Texas. Uh, you just go back Sandy hook, Las Vegas. It's, it's all the same kind of weapon. And I know people are fucked up and I know they're insane. And I know mental health is a big issue as well. And nobody sane goes into a elementary school and blows kids away. Fine. But it's giving them the ability to do that. That's a problem. And I don't know, man, I'll turn it over to you. Those are just my thoughts on, on a, just a really shitty situation all the way around. Look at the process you have to go to register a car. Look at the process that uh, women have to go through to have an abortion. Look at the process that people have to go through to buy a gun. It is substantially less time. That's what I'm going to say. Shit doesn't need to change. It needs to be better. And it just, I'm not trying to take away firearms from people. I may, you know, don't believe in having one, you know, whatever. But the process itself needs to change. And I, I don't need to say any more to the matter because it'll just make me more furious. No, you're right. The, the process, you know, background checks and invading people's privacy you know when you balance that against 19 people getting gunned down senselessly for no reason i you know yeah you got it you got to do it, it it should not be as easy to get a weapon a lethal weapon you know it shouldn't be easier to do that than to register to vote you know that sort of thing that's ridiculous something's got to Somebody's got to do something about that, man. The only the only lethal weapon I should be buying at Walmart is Mel Gibson. Um, yeah, that's the, the that's le- really it. The lethal yeah. weapon collect. Yeah, you know, you you raise a good point. But uh, terrible terrible situation this week. I, I I'm glad we at least mentioned it. We didn't want you guys out there listening to think we're completely oblivious to what's going on in the real world because we're not. But. That, my friends, is going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Before I let you guys out of here, Aesop, let people know. where I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Where can people get in touch with you on the interwebs and the Twitterverse and all that fun stuff? Dear Jesus, I have so much going on. Uh, if you want, you can follow me on uh, Twitter. I got two different accounts, at Violent Aesop, at Dave and Cudahy. Feel free to message me because I, otherwise I don't do anything on Twitter. Uh, you can also hear myself and my brother do our podcast, uh, Down the Wire, every Monday or Tuesday, whichever one we feel like dropping on, it's, uh, where we just talk professional sports in the most unprofessional way possible. We are hitting a milestone this week, by the way. Really? You know, some people talk about how important episode 50 is, others episode 100 well, this week, down the wire, it's episode 69. So please give a listen. If you don't have 69 dudes as your soundbite at the beginning of that episode, like we had for this, our 69th, I'll be very disappointed in you, Aesop. I'm just saying. Send it my way. <laughs> I'll have to make a copy of it and send it over to you. Uh, yeah. Uh, as for me, you can check me out on Twitter at Attitude Ag, that is at Attitude A-G-G, and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Also, please make sure you are checking out the show at Bandwagon Nerds. Please do not send your hate tweets to Patrick O'Dowd. That was just a joke. You can send them to me. 
or maybe you know at the real C plat, you know, if you really want to get funky with it, because Chris is he's got nothing going on right now, so send it over that way. But that's going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, we will be back next week. Hopefully, Patrick will be back next week. I'm sure we'll be talking about the boys. Maybe some more Obi Wan Kenobi. You never know. We'll see what happens. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. On behalf of PC Tunney, who I know who would he would be giving you his information if he didn't have to bail out of here. And the one and only fabled gentleman, thank you again for tuning in. We will be catching you soon. In the meantime, get out of the basement. Celebrate Memorial Day. Hopefully it's a good weekend for you guys. We'll catch you guys next week. So long. from people being able to see this. Is there anything you want the fans to know or any last thing you want to say to them before we get to see this series tonight? This is where the fun begins. (laughs) For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.